0: Welcome back to Beyond Well with Sheila Hamilton. And as we do from time to time, we love to revisit an episode from past shows. I don't know a single person who hasn't worried about the negative impact of screens on society at large. This allowed me to start thinking about all the ways that my life would change if I couldn't rely on the internet. This show was originally released in 2020 and we hope you enjoy the show again. Beyond Well with Sheila Hamilton. This is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior lives. And I don't know a single person over the age of six who hasn't worried about the negative impact of screens on us and our kids and on society at large. So leave it to a guy who has written about problematic billionaires, Japan's rent-a-friend industry, Obama's Irish roots, and long-term worry to turn his attention to our angst over the relation to to our screens in a really inventive and fun way. Chris Collin is a writer for the New Yorker and the New York Times Magazine. He's written for Wired and many other publications and his new picture book, The Day the Internet Died, is a sort of bedtime fantasy for all of us who are thinking about how we can actually kill it.
1: I think we want to murder our screens about 64% of the time. Yeah, that's, that's my calculation. You know, Chris, I,
0: I have been thinking about this a lot because I recently became addicted to TikTok. I am so embarrassed to say I'm like over the age of 50 and I'm obsessed with the creators over there. And I see the devastation on these young people's um, faces when a post that they've taken a long time to create doesn't get the tens of thousands of likes. And I kept thinking, wow, what if your life actually, because I think they really do believe their life hinges on the approval of others through likes and attention and going viral.
1: Yeah, I think that um, there are extreme versions of that. And then I think a lot of us live in a slightly less extreme, but certainly troubling version of that, where we have outsourced not only our, our memory and our ability to navigate around city streets, but our, our mental health and our emotional well-being. It's hinging on circumstances that are beyond our control and that just aren't really reflective of our of who we are or our, our value or our worth in the, in the world.
0: And they're hinging on algorithms that change from day to yes. day, and so you never really know what bot you're up against, you know, which is <laughs> fascinating right. Right. to me. I, I thought it was really incredible how you decided to adopt this language that's almost like 15th century language in order to create this picture book. So tell me a little before we start about why you decided to do it in the language that you did.
1: Uh well to back up even further, when I'm not writing funny picture books, I'm a normal semi-serious adult human being. Um, I'm a journalist, and I'm based in San Francisco, so I've been reporting on and, and witness to the sort of rise of, of the internet over the last 20 years, and I have developed all kinds of mixed feelings about it, as I think most people have. I wanted to, to do something about internet addiction, for lack of a better term, and writing a funny book about it seemed like a an easy way into that, a light way. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to be harangued anymore about our iPhone habits or whatever. So I wanted to be a little playful. I, th- I think no one no one needs any more scolding on that front. Why, why in a 15th century or biblical language? I don't know. I think the Bible's pretty funny, <laughs> but also I think, um, you know, I think it's sort of a, a kind of regenesis I'm proposing in this book it's it's a book about the internet vanishing suddenly and mysteriously and then humanity sort of rebuilding from there so i don't know it sort of lends itself to a a kind of fundamental foundational uh, rethinking of life as we know it which i guess is why they have bible talk
0: i want to read the first open The day the internet died, a bedtime fantasy. On the day our screens went dark, our children commanded, fix it, (laughs) so we may now watch Extreme Dog Fails 3. We are frightened and bored at the same time. Sevenfold times, I forced quitters, but no change was wrought, nor did dog fails cleave upon us. I was just, this allowed me, honestly, Chris, to start thinking about all the ways in a daily flow that my life would change if I couldn't rely on the internet and it did thrill me and scare me.
1: Tell me, how would your life change? I want to know.
0: Well, first thing in the morning, um, I try to meditate, but like eight Mm. times out of 10, I'm on my screen checking my email because I've fallen asleep with a glass of wine too early the night before, (laughs) so I didn't finish all my work. Um, So that's first thing, I wouldn't actually be responsive to people. Um, In in the middle of the day, I I have to go to Twitter to see what the most recent political fight and the snarkiest reaction is. Um, (laughs) I start talking about what we want to eat, and I have to go to the Mm -hmm. internet to get my cookbook. I shop online. I order groceries online. I do almost my entire life through this screen. So I was actually more frightened than I was thrilled when I thought about how- Lost, I would be without all my connection.
1: Well, yeah, I, I, I think we all do that same stuff, and then we feel—I uh, I don't know—it it doesn't always leave a good feeling. And then the way we, the way we medicate that feeling is by looking at something fun on the internet. Yeah. So it's a—they've got a real impressive cycle <laughs> going. It's—I think we we now turn to it for basically almost every need that we have, and uh, and it doesn't ever scratch the itch; it just sort of make make it itchier.
0: Well, it's also fascinating to me that there's so much data now that suggests people who are on their phones more than a certain period of time have far worse mental health outcomes. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like we know not to do it and yet we mm-hmm. are so conditioned and compelled that we end up doing it anyway, even knowing yeah. that it's bad for us, you know? It's like the yeah. worst, way worse than an opioid addiction because at least there mm-hmm. you can get help. Do you right. know of do you right. know of any place to get help to start breaking internet addiction?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are places out there. I mean, I, I reported on a digital detox summer camp for adults. And then there are actual therapists who specialize in this. And there's no shortage of self help books that have, you know, tips on how to slowly disentangle yourself from your phone or your laptop or whatever. You know, I got to say, I, I believe in all of that. And I think, it's a little like trying to stop climate change by recycling more. I mean, yeah. we are up against this huge thing, and if I believed that we had in our power to change that relationship, I would be preaching hard. But I only, I only really believe that about half the time, and the other half, I have this other You're approach, which is <laughs> on my phone. Yeah, right. There's some real fun stuff on the internet. Uh, no, the other half, I, I, I preach something a little, uh, a little gentler, which I think is cultivating the other sides of ourselves not not Mm. focusing so much on breaking up with the internet but just having more fun with the non-internet
0: yeah i was really hoping for that during quarantine and somehow Mm -hmm. my deep thinking um, meditative calm brain went away with everything else and what appealed to me was scrolling it was so strange
1: it was almost
0: like because i was in this reactive and fear-based part of my life I couldn't do the things that I had imagined I would do long books yeah. and beautiful long walks and I'm like what am I missing you know it was really yeah. awful it wasn't fun that was not fun
1: no well in our defense they really threw a lot at us that, that yeah. year. it wasn't just the pandemic yeah. that required or felt like it required our constant attention
0: So I I loved how you brought in one of my um, reflections of reading through your picture book was this quote, on the day the screens went dark, all of creation was quiet, but also loud, squirrels screeches and joys chitterous, I think that's the word, and dry leaves scrapeth across the street. Why had I not heard such sounds before? And um, we just had a huge power outage in Portland where we Mm -hmm. actually were without internet and I was really struck by how much of nature and sound I miss because I'm constant with my podcast in my ears. I'm constant with listening to information coming at me and, um, what it does to your body to feel silence again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The internet is so relentlessly noisy yeah, psychically. And, and sometimes literally, I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it, I think we all know this. This is not new at this point. Um, it, it's like discovering in, in 1999 that cigarettes are possibly addictive. Like, this, <laughs> we are well past the point of, of discovery. Right, exactly. But I think, I think we need to keep remembering and maybe remembering in new ways. But yeah, in this case, I, I, think, I think nature and, and the world outside of our screens is both quieter and wilder than anything we find on our screens. It's, it's stranger and more interesting and, and, and more lovely and all that stuff.
0: I love how you transition in the book to the shock and the awe of being without internet and how awkward it would be to uh, this gradual acceptance of what it would be like to to be freed from our screens and it's kids who notice it first. Um, I'm already seeing that. I don't know if you are, but my daughter spends very little time on Instagram anymore. She's rarely, I mean, uh-huh. I used to, in high school, it used to worry me how much time um, she spent on the internet and now... I don't know if it's just lost its luster because she works for mm-hmm. a tech firm or or what it is, but she's really not she I think I'm on my internet more than she is, to tell you the truth. Yeah.
1: I I do think in some ways digital natives have a healthier relationship. I, I could also point to ways that I worry a lot about them. Um, yeah. I have two kids. But I yeah, I do think that for those of us who are born in a pre internet time, we we don't always have uh, that balance figured out right off the bat. So yeah, I, I have definitely seen encouraging signs from, from younger folks.
0: It's fascinating to me, the number of adults who choose to put their babies as the kind of star of TikTok and these little toddlers grow up like kind of doing the monkey thing that will make people <laughs> laugh. I feel like maybe right. you should give them consent first or something. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable with it. Are you? I
1: am. I mean, gosh, that's a that's a real interesting riddle I think there are people who would say consent what are you talking about like the internet is no different than walking down the street I don't get consent bringing my kid out on the sidewalk what's the difference Uh, yeah except
0: for that this is the privacy of their home in those tender Mm -hmm. moments where kids developments are and you know we're kind of laughing at their behavior and I I always wonder like what will the impact be if when the kid is six and he was a TikTok star for when he farted or something Do you know what I mean (laughs) like we're not I don't know. This is the, I. I always date myself when I start talking like this, but I do feel like there's going to be some implications for young people because they. What was that weird up-
1: word you you said? Privacy. That, how do you pronounce that?
0: Privacy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I'm I'm just so grateful. My daughter didn't grow up with my camera in her face, you know, like yeah, documenting yeah. every single thing and putting it out for the world.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I feel the same and I'm also guilty of it some of the time too. I don't know what's up with that weird impulse to to make public all of our private special moments and, and that without doing so, they lose meaning or something. I, it, it, yeah, it creeps me out, you know, especially somebody, when I do it.
0: I was reading an essay the other day where the person was saying that because we see so much of this content every single day, you know, unless you see a penguin doing backflips and talking Japanese, it actually hasn't really interested you, like all Mm -hmm. of this stimuli has really numbed us to what is wonderful, is beautiful, is potentially glorious about our world. Do you feel that way?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point to raise because if you luck out and manage to to talk yourself off the internet for a few hours and you go for a hike or something, you might find that it's really dull and, and boring the first Dozen times, or the first 500 times, I think that we have definitely reached that numbness where it takes a lot to dazzle or surprise us, and it can be extra hard when we try and and look for good feelings outside the internet because the the real world has a different cadence, and the and the penguin thing doesn't always happen.
0: Oh i mean you can go weeks without a penguin flipping back (laughs) to hand springs in the grocery store wearing his mask i really wonder if you shouldn't have taken this topic on in a more serious way you're such a phenomenal Mm -hmm. writer and this seems like it's kind of right up your alley and that this actually isn't being talked about enough especially from people who are from the valley who could give us the perspective of you were right in there when all these decisions were being made by people about how they were going to change the world. And those Mm -hmm. very people don't let their kids use their phones.
1: Yeah, it's true. Um, On the occasion that I have written about it in more serious tones, I don't know. You know, One thing I've found is that people have a real there's a defensiveness that comes up. Their their hackles Uh. get up when you start critiquing the internet. The first thing they say is, well, what are you, some kind of bloodite? And do you have any idea what would happen if you know the internet went away you know are you aware of your privilege and being able to criticize the internet and those Mm -hmm. are all excellent points Mm -hmm. um but I think they also sort of sustain the status quo Mm -hmm. um they get in the way of change so yeah I, I do think that there is serious reporting to be done about it and a lot of it is being done as you said you know one of the great things that came out in reporting in the last few years is that within Silicon Valley companies, there are people who are saying, no, this is not good. We're, we're, we need to pump the brakes. But I guess I'm a big believer in the um, in sneaking something in to to the conversation with with jokes and um, fart and pee. Um, <laughs> humor.
0: <laughs> it's really good. Um, I love your closing pages where you say food was better and music Richards shuttered it departments, mad art from USB scale. And then um, your clothes, they were alive and it was holy to be awake and their sage liveth in the book. You now hold us four out of four hearts, 7 billion actual thumbs up. You too could be a TikTok user with your 7 billion <laughs> thumbs up. I—I'm. You're going to have I'm, to teach me. Yeah, I'm, oh God, Chris, if you are at all worried about your obsession with screen time now, do not even open it up. Do not. There is something so insidious about the way they have... programmed your mind to feed you kind of exactly somehow what you like to see it is bizarre so Mm. I'm often trying to trick the algorithm by liking the things I would normally like and it still somehow comes at me it
1: knows yes it it
0: totally knows which is just (laughs) a little it makes me feel awful but one of the things that they do which I I think is so so hurtful to young people is In the beginning, they give you a lot of juice. They give you like millions of followers and a lot of likes. And you're like, this wasn't that great. Where did this come from? And then slower and slower and slower, they show your stuff less. And there are billions of people from all over the world. Uh, And so I'm seeing young people who have now been on it two years who are absolutely devastated. You know, they, uh, they, sta- they started out with 2 million followers and people were watching their live broadcasts with, what from their bedroom saying what, and, and then, um, the algorithm just kind of shadow dusts them. And yeah, I just keep thinking, it's like thinking that you have a group of friends and then you can no longer reach out to your friends. They're, yeah, they're no longer right. returning your call, you know,
1: right. You used so, to get 2 million callbacks. And now, totally. <laughs> Yeah. yeah.
0: So, so keep your kids off it too. <laughs> no, they'll be on it. They probably already are. They're upstairs <laughs> oh, doing God. a dance right now.
1: <laughs> no, no, they're upstairs pl- plotting their, their arguments for convincing me to get on it. That, that's the stage we're at in my house.
0: How old Convinced are your kids?
1: Add, uh, I've got a 12 year old and an eight year old.
0: And, and so far you haven't allowed them to go on TikTok. I don't think they know about it.
1: They might not be that smart. They they they're into Minecraft and they have discovered YouTube, but we do a very curated version so far. But oh. any minute now they're gonna realize that there is a whole free internet out there without parents <laughs> putting this <thumb laughs> stuff on the scale.
0: No doubt. Um so the book comes out March twenty-third, is that right?
1: March twenty-third, that's right. March
0: twenty-third, and where will people be able to buy it? The internet.
1: They can buy it on the internet. Life is life is ironic. Um yeah, the book is called Off the Day the Internet Died. It is in all the bookstores. If you are lucky enough to have a, an open bookstore near you, then please support your local bookstore. You can also go to bookshop.org, which supports local bookstores and, of course, all the other big ones, too.
0: Thanks for all the really interesting and off-the-wall topics that you take on, Chris. I really enjoy your writing, and I, I want you to stay on this topic and solve it for me, if you wish.
1: Okay, I will, I will solve it for you. Thank you.
0: Um, if you're listening on a platform where you can give us a thumbs up through the internet, life is just so ironic, isn't it? Please do that. And we are also taking suggestions now for the topics you want us to cover in the coming year, sort of post-pandemic, or as we make this weird transition back into life. I'm Sheila Hamilton. Make it a great day.